0: Hey friends, uh I'm back again. It's me. Uh I'm only here to dip in and out and introduce the uh the episode you're listening to today, which is brought to you by Bill's JRPG Trappings and Other Adventures. No. What the hell did I say? Bill's JRPG Adventures and Other Trappings. Jesus Christ. Um they're doing a really cool project with a variety of podcasters uh playing Zelda 2, the Adventures of Link. Um, listen to this, and then just uh, keep listening until it concludes. It's quite a ride. Thanks. This is Troidal Power from the Power Playthroughs podcast.
1: Uh,
2: Robo Gonzalez here.
1: Hi, this is Bill from Bill's JRPG Adventures and Other Trappings podcast. Hey everybody, it's
3: Scott over from the RPG After Years podcast, as well as the Scott Spot on Twitch with underscores between the words.
4: Hi, I'm Lokathor and... uh... Also, my brother is in the portions that have me, but he's not here to record his intro right now. But yeah, Lokathor and Lokathor's brother.
5: Hey folks, my name is Brett from the Skeleton House podcast.
6: Hey again everyone, this is Eric Slater from Epic Fails of History and Too Young for this trek.
7: Hi, I'm Kylie Kane from the Verzean Chronicles and
1: this is The Legend of Zelda 2, Link's Adventure. And this is is The Legend of Zelda 2, The Adventure
5: of Link.
0: And these are some thoughts on The First Palace of Legend of Zelda 2.
5: And I'm here to talk about Zelda 2 from the opening of the game up to the end of the first palace. And today
6: I'm playing Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link for the NES because Bill told me to. I'm here today to talk about Zelda 2, The Adventure
3: of Link on the NES, like all my other compatriots participating in this community event, organized by Bill, who is also a uh, host on the RPG Aftergears podcast.
1: Yes, hello and welcome back. And um, I hope you've all enjoyed your run through the first palace. Because yes, yes, even yeah, yeah, I'm I'm playing a version of this game that's been, you know, ROM hacked to make it more balanced and holy holy shit. Holy fucking shit. This game's hard, man. This game's hard. I died a lot. Like, a lot. Like, seriously, I died a lot.
3: I did not participate in the the first round just because I, I couldn't be asked. To talk about a 52-page manual, but I did read it, and I was already like more or less familiar with the, the setup and the story because I am like a huge Zelda mega fan. Like that's probably my favorite video game series after uh, Final Fantasy.
6: All right, so first thing worth noting is that I love this intro. <laughs> I love this title, this title screen with the the titles kind of like. Scrolling up from from like the horizon, uh, with with the sword, the sword and the stone on the cliff, it's very epic.
7: Um, I skipped the opening credits; didn't really care to see them.
3: Despite having said that, I have never played. Well, I have played Zelda 2 but I've never actually given it a serious shot because it's it's a little older than the types of games I like to play. Even when I was a kid, you know, NES games in general haven't. A lot of them haven't aged super well. And plus I've always heard, you know, this game is, you know, terrible or
1: whatever. <laughs> the game really, I just, it's just amazing. Like, I'm surprised it's just the difficulty of this game obviously holds it back because the presentation, the delivery, everything in this game is really, really good. You know? You know, you don't get the Nintendo seal of quality for nothing, you know, people.
2: You don't. Arjuna can't really be here for this because he's playing a lot of Ring Fit Adventure and he wants, and I quote, a booty that just won't quit. So, uh, fortunately, he already uploaded all of his video game memories to my memory bank, and here I am with my thoughts on Zelda 2.
0: Um yeah, so I I started this game like a month ago. I put up a audio only let's play of of my first experience of revisiting this game on my podcast. But basically I didn't make any progress.
3: have played it before but never taken a serious shot at it. I had it on the uh, the collector's edition uh disc on the GameCube that had Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. Um Zelda 1 and Zelda 2. When I did play it, I remember not being impressed and, like, not really even. I'm not even sure I finished the first Palace back then because I was a kid and I wanted to play Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Uh, And even Zelda 1, I beat all the way through around that time. I was probably in, like, middle school or something.
2: So let's start with the opening credits. Yeah, I almost always skipped them whenever I played it, except for maybe, like, the first time I played the game. It always seemed a little bit creepy, to be honest with you. Like, those first couple of notes. And then it gets louder and louder and louder. Is Ganon a serial killer? He's gonna sneak up on me. Well, he is a serial killer, but this isn't that kind of game anyway.
6: And we get a like a text scroll, kinda like in Star Wars. It's
1: just beautiful. You get this like starry background. This nice mystical music in the background. There's a sword in the in the stone, which we don't really know anything about and it says zelda 2 the adventure of link just crawls out of the ocean into your view and it's really good and if you leave it for long enough you know little moon there, then it all starts to rise and you get the opening crawl what did we think about the opening credits i guess i was surprised
8: because i expected it to be more like the opening credits to the first game which i remember more which is like a bigger crawl as well as it tells you what are all, all the item names or whatever? Yeah, uh, it, it's very memorable, and I, I just was surprised how quick.
3: Bill's given me some things to discuss here. The opening credits, I did watch that. It's a, you know a nice brief synopsis of the the game or whatever or the story.
6: After Ganon was destroyed, Impa told Link a sleeping spell was cast on Princess Zelda. She will make only with the power of the Third Triforce sealed in a dark place in Hyrule. To break the seal, crystals must be placed in statues in six well-guarded palaces. Link set out on his most adventuresome quest yet. Copyright
1: 1987 Nintendo.
2: 1987 Nintendo. Probably the least to write home about of all the old school Zeldas. I mean, if you're a kid who didn't read the instruction manual anyway, uh, you'd probably press a whole bunch of buttons, maybe try stabbing Zelda, see if something comes out, I don't know, to figure out if there's anything there, and then you just go on your way, and you're into the overworld.
8: I remember the first Zelda uh, booklet being like, it has a lot in there. Oh, does it? It has um, practically a guide for the first little bit of the game. Yeah,
4: I've seen screenshots of the opening map of Zelda 1. Uh, Zelda 2 does have a map in the manual sort of a vague world map. Um, in kind of the Here Be Dragons style that you would expect from a video game. It's like, it's sort right, of impressionistic right. I, I as you. to what it's like. Yeah. Like that
8: really good Koholint map, but... Yeah!
5: Prior to reading the story in the manual, I was always confused about starting off in some temple with, like, dead Zelda lying right there. But afterwards, it's a good bit of imagery to start the game off, and it does make the side of the game feel pretty epic.
2: I'm pretty sure I put in Zelda when I created uh, my game account for that.
7: Uh, made my name, of course, is Kai, no big deal. Standard Zelda fair.
4: I found that choosing your name controls to be a little bit confusing because there was no backspace. So so you could skip to go forward and if you made a mistake, you would just skip forward until you like looped around back to the mistake point and then start again. Yeah. It's... It's very weird because there are there's two buttons on that controller. It's a, it's
8: got a lot of uh, clunky interface overall for the whole game.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I went out there, you know, I went into the world and of course I named myself Bill. No, I called myself Link, you know, ah! King. we all know what the main character in this game is called. He's called Link. So just, you know, we're all going to call him Link, you know, I'm sure Scott called his Scott, you know, I know
3: what you like, Scott. For my name, I did pick the name Link just because I thought about doing Scott, you know, just because it's, it's like a community event and that would be in screenshots and stuff, hopefully. But um, the, <laughs> this, since this is my first time like seriously playing it, I went, went ahead and went with Link, you know, get the full experience.
5: So for the very beginning of the game, I picked the classic canon name A-A-A-A-A-A, I think. I like to believe that Link isn't actually a silent protagonist, but he's just constantly screaming at all times. So if that's what people call him
3: and you know this is like one of the last games in the timeline so i wonder like when it was decreed that all um zeldas had to be or all all firstborn daughters of the highly unroyal family had to be named zelda because you know that that was thousands of years ago that we got our first zelda presumably in a skyward sword so you set out on the world and right away it's like very different from your normal zelda because you sort of had like pseudo random encounters and they're they start out like not too bad unless you wander into the forest and then it kind of gets hairy
6: let's go ahead and press start all right and here we go got three lives to start with
7: first thing i did as soon as i entered the game is went to the first town uh, made sure to get shield, which is super important. You don't want to miss shield. But I did actually kind of like
3: the random battles. That was like a neat tush, touch or twist or whatever. The forest battles, I guess, if you go into like one of the harder monsters, it, you run into these like tra- dangling spiders while you're being assaulted by the moblins that are running back and forth. And that just got to be a little much. And when you get hit in this game, it <laughs> you lose health quite quickly. Um, it's
7: not very forgiving, at least at the start. It's, um, you gotta talk to this lady, and she opens the door to her house for a briefest of seconds. It's like for a two-second window that you have to enter the house, then walk to the very back, and you talk to the
2: sage dude, and he gives you the shield ability. Neat. This was the third Zelda game that i ever played. played A Link to the Past first, and then Original Zelda, uh, and then got to Adventure of Link, and, uh, I think I had a strategy guide for... Link to the Past, which talked a little bit about the original Zelda and Zelda 2. And I remember it said that if you put in Zelda in the original game, then after you beat Ganondorf, it opens up a new game plus, although they didn't call it that, and I thought that, hey, maybe that's a thing in Zelda 2. 2.
5: I've warmed up to the overworld idea. I think that it is neat that instead of having random encounters, the enemies populate onto the overworld, so you can choose to uh, run into the smaller enemy or run into the bigger, more dangerous enemy or just run away completely. It's a it's a good bit of player agency. Uh, I don't really like the
7: way the overworld looks. It's really bland, gives me this dragon quest feel.
3: Um, so you start out in What I assume it's supposed to be—it's called North Castle, but I assume it's supposed to be Hyrule Castle. You know, you got Zelda lying there unconscious or whatever under the wizard, the dead wizard's spell, Um, and you can't really talk to her or do anything. So you set out on your quest, and I always did find it very strange that the same link deals with you know two Princess Zeldas. Like I don't think that ever happens in any other uh, game, you know, aside from maybe Hyrule Warriors. But anyway, (laughs) I'm not gonna
1: belabor that point. So the game just throws you in there man you're just literally standing at the altar you know whichever way you want to spell it skelly whichever way you want to spell it and you're standing there at the altar and there's the sleeping princess zelda and you can just go like left or right to get out and then you're just dumped on the overworld and the overworld is very pretty for a NES game i'll, I'll give it that and the music oh god the music music in this game is great
0: today i decided to play more of it and i actually looked up a guide to see where i was supposed to go how to get to that first palace Um, it did give me the advice the guy did to go to, um, a town first and pick up a shield spell, which reduces damage I take by half, which was very helpful. And it showed me where to find a piece of heart, which I'm not sure what that did for me, but that was cool. Down south of, uh, of the palace itself, there's a piece of heart. So that was nice to get.
2: Now the overworld on the one hand, it's an awful lot like every old school RPG from back in the day you got the top-down view with the tiles that look kind of basic and all of that stuff. And it's probably not what most people in 1988 expected from a Zelda game. On the other hand, I think the monster encounter system, especially for its time, is pretty cool. You do have some room to maneuver and pick your battles with what monster you want. You can even catch a fairy if you're lucky. It's way better than the standard random encounters for RPGs that were in most games at the time and are still here today. And you even get some variety in how the encounters play out depending on where you meet the monster. If you're in a swamp. At
4: the start of the game, you're in the North Palace, as we all know. Of course. And you step outside. At first, you're on the road exclusively. Like, your first few steps are on the road, and that doesn't trigger monsters. But almost immediately, you're likely to step off the road and see monsters and get into danger. I think that that's... I think that's cool.
6: So this, this opening shot of the game, we're in, uh, I guess, Princess Zelda's bedchamber? Um, it's a really cool design. You got, you know, Zelda, like, pulling a Sleeping Beauty there. Um, and there's these torches uh, off to the side of her. There's, like, really cool Corinthian columns. There's, like, a royal, like, uh, purple curtain. Now, unfortunately, if I remember correctly, we're probably going to get very familiar with this... with this um, with this room, because I think every time you die, you go directly back here. And I'm sure, as everyone else is going to point out, um, this is very unusual for a Zelda game because even though the tropes hadn't been established yet at this point, most of the early Zelda games are uh, top down view, like a bird's eye view. And this is, uh, I think, the first and only side scrolling uh, Zelda game. But when you walk off uh, to stage left or whatever, <laughs> you end up in this overworld and this this right here it reminds me a lot of pokemon
4: the encounters where you fight monsters are cool there are other encounters like when you're on the sand and then when you bump into them based on the train that you're on when you bump into them it does something when you're on the sand it's just fireballs constantly and there's no enemies and i think that that's not good
8: yeah, I think that that's bad because it's represented by enemies as though there would be something to fight, and uh, you can't gain experience in those scenarios. Uh, you can with the advanced ones, with the worms, because you actually can kill the worm, but you have to hit it to get it to retract, and then keep hitting it while it's down because that's when it can take damage.
4: Oh, it's, it's vulnerable when it's down.
8: Yeah, I think it's like three hits with the basic sword if you've already got it in the uh, vulnerable position or something like that but i just you know poke, poke poke poke
7: poke uh and it's there's really nothing to do there outside of the scripted events like breaking rocks and stuff like that but at this point all we can do is just walk around not the biggest fan of that right there
5: i like the secret tiles on the map which have xp bags or heart pieces and they're fun they make you want to keep your eye out for tiles that look a bit out of place
1: but yeah there's some nice, there's a nice woodland surrounding you. there's little pathways. There's, there's a town to the north and a town to the south no but I will admit I didn't go to either. <laughs> so I definitely won't be talking about towns in this episode. I'll have to leave that for episode two unfortunately. Uh, I don't know why. I just sort of like I, I knew the way to the first palace and I kind of just went there.
6: Because as you walk, these random enemies appear as you're trying to get to the next town and it's completely unpredictable and unavoidable. Just like with the original game, they decided to keep the whole mechanic of, um, when you're at full health, you can shoot a beam out of your sword, but does he even have a shield? I think he does. It seems like it's useless because these bats are just, like, flying in my face and the shield's not doing anything. God damn it.
4: A new team was assembled to develop a sequel, except for Miyamoto, who is credited with the pseudonym, uh, Miyahon? as the producer and Takeshi Tezuka to write
1: the story and script now there is also a little uh, tiny like square of forest just to the north uh, which I uh, I wandered into because I didn't know it was an area you can enter so yes it's kind of like a little fairy thing and you can kill a few enemies in it get towards the end and there's a little pee bag So, the pea bags, (laughs) sounds awful. (laughs) Just Zelda just picking up bags of pea, downing them. Um, Pea bags give you experience, basically. And, uh, you know, at this point in the game, it's enough experience to tip you over. So, I don't know if. Should we talk about experience? Let's get experience, shall we, people? Jimmy! Jimi Hendrix! Get experience!
3: But you do get experience points, and this is, like, where I sort of had trouble because. I knew I wanted to like go ahead and level up to make the, the game easier on me going forward right from the get-go. So I spent like a couple hours probably leveling up, except for I, my uh, leveling, my level wasn't going up. <laughs> and I would like look over, okay I've killed you know like 20 slimes, and then I would look over at the experience gauge and I had less experience than I did before. And I was like what the hell is going on here? Uh, turns out when you get hit by an enemy you actually lose experience because fuck you apparently (laughs) that's crazy and wild i don't think i've ever i can't think of any other game that does that except for maybe um games like dark souls where if you die you have to like go find your body and recover what you lost and and i guess near automata which we're playing over the after years right now for the rpg club uh once i figured that out you know i It became much easier to like okay it's really important that i don't get hit and so i would mostly just i must have killed hundreds of slimes uh (laughs) just trying to get my experience up and
2: you catch one of the monsters you're in a swamp area if you're on the middle of a road and you hit one of the monsters you're in this road looking area i really like that variety i mean final fantasy what is it five or six it gave you the same turn-based battle but ooh, we gave you a different background Aaron from Game Grumps, when they did their playthrough of Zelda 2, said something like, It's a good game, and if it were named something like, The Adventures of Boar, Totally not Penis Sword Quest, The Adventures of Iron Knuckles McProstitute, Fast Time to Triforce High, Ferris Zelda's Day Off, MacGyver, if it were a tie-in game for the never-ending story. Actually, I think it would be a better game like that. Damn, like, you could fly around with Falcor and, like, You'd have 8-bit the nothing and those giant rock monsters. Damn, I need to get a time machine. It would have been celebrated as a classic NES RPG. Uh, probably on the same shelf as Star Tropics.
4: You really kangaroo. These lovable kangaroos desire a long, passionate hug from Link. The only trouble is they have daggers super glued to their nipples. They can be seen in temples doing the lover's run. It's more of a skip, really, towards Link in an effort to seal the deal. They do just enough damage to piss you off, and they wait on you to take a drink of water or respond to a Twitch comment before they pounce
1: for an attack. I did take a little detour south, you know. There's a cave to the south, and I went in there, and it was dark. You know, I couldn't see shit. (laughs) Oh my god, the enemies are invisible. You have to get a candle from the first f***ing palace, and then you can see inside caves. I didn't know that. I just went into this in ah. cave to the south and it was dark and there were things shooting at me so I was just like randomly stabbing at things. Uh, l- luckily, it was only a short cave. I got to the end, picked it up. Ah. King. It was a heart. Yes, man. Four stars already. Bad boy Bill Link is out there. Got four stars, man. But then I got confused because
3: once you level up, I knew like you can choose what you want to level up. It's like attack, uh, magic, and health. But each one of those is worth... A different amount of points, experience points, and I, I did not realize that at first. So, when I first leveled up, I was like, What the hell? I wanted to upgrade attack first, and that's the most expensive one of the three categories. So, I ended up like, I think I leveled up like four ish times before I really set out on the adventure. I, I wanted to get attack twice and then health and magic at least once. So I spent that's what I spent the most time doing when I played.
4: Fred, the blue blob, says, Don't let this little guy fool you. He is the real Ganon of the game. With unpredictable movement, sudden bursts of speed, and a thirst for battle that can only be matched in ferocity by a cat in heat. Fred really puts the pressure on. These little guys love to wait on you to move close, and then they attack. Watch out!
6: Help! This game. Why did I agree to this? <laughs> Oh, I forgot. You have to you have to duck and then stab at items to grab them. So it looks like I got some experience points so I can um, upgrade my life meter, I guess. So let's do that. Yep, got two hearts. Yay. Most Zelda games will start you out with three hearts. Not this one. This one's a cheap bastard. And then went over to the town of...
3: Well, I'd already gone to the town of Rairu, Um And I do think it's really cool that the sages are named after the uh, the the towns from zelda 2 It's a nice touch um except for <laughs> randomly Mido is named after one of the towns and he's just like that little git in kokiri forest in alcarina but that's neither here nor there
8: red knight the temple badasses these guys move with the grace of a swallow and their swordsmanship is unparalleled and they love to block Link's attacks with their clever shield work down, 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 red knights going down, down, down,
7: down, red knights going down. Um, they, there's these like overall battles that happen that really I, I just found myself running from them more often than not because they were just a waste of my time. Um, so I just kind of went through them as quick as I possibly could and just rocked them out,
5: you know, m- Almost all of the enemies suck to fight unless they die in, like, a single hit. I did like fighting the skeletons of the palace. They're pretty fun because they actually react to getting hit. They'll, like, bounce back as you strike them, so you'll have to time your sword strike as they're coming towards you again, and they just keep on, like, it's a good rhythmic feel. Every other enemy just takes a sword blow to the face, and it doesn't even phase them. They'll just keep on walking towards you after a split second of being in the damage state.
4: And finally we have the Blue Knight. These show-offs bring even more pain to the game. In addition to having everything that the Red Knights have, the Blue Knights can also shoot laser swords. They aren't those shitty laser swords that Link can use. Instead, they pack full damage even from 200 yards away. It is as ridiculous as an otter with two extra flippers.
3: I do like the towns. I think they're kind of fun to explore and it's like just kind of different. I have they step up from Zelda 1 in that regard.
1: So the enemies in this game, man, like they kind of just like wander around. They just appear in random groups on the map, and they just sort of seem seemingly go in all sorts of directions. Now, having having seen a speed run, I know it's not quite as uh, random as it looks, but um yeah, you know, they just go in all sorts of directions. And if you touch an enemy, uh, and also the enemies won't appear if you're on the road. You know, I like I like that little touch. Well done, developers. Well, done. I
8: think that the overworld, it doesn't sell the game in a good way, um, I thought I liked many of the graphics from this game, but it's like the overworld in, um, in Mother, how, uh, well, it's actually the reverse, where in Mother, the interiors of buildings look terrible, and the, uh, overworld looks better, and in this game, the overworld looks bad, and then I think, like, it looks kind of better when you're in a location
3: talk to the NPCs their dialogue is so slow and it's like an all caps it's like yeah this isn't really it's not fun to go around and talk to them and it's and when they're like running back and forth it almost feels like you have to catch them sometimes
8: so I don't know I don't know why they used all the tan in Zelda 1 and 2 like that's one of the most questionable things to me like the tan of the roads
4: I don't like it and the palette there there are darker browns in the palette they didn't have to make yeah, it that bright. They
8: could have had more of a dirt
4: Like the, the Nintendo has a fixed palette of exactly like fifty six colors or whatever. It's not configurable. Right. But...
8: I know that there's only so many things they can do. Yeah,
4: but like still, that's. Hmm. I just. I yeah.
8: I think they wanted to reserve the brown for like um un, sort of unmovable rocks stuff like that. But I just don't.
4: Yeah, know there's a lot of mountains, right and the mountains choice. are in, the mountains are in brown, and I don't think that they. Yeah, the the graphics are. Poor, even for a Nintendo game, the graphics are poor.
8: Well, that's the thing, is I'm not comparing this against, like, games on other systems. I'm only comparing it to other Nintendo games.
4: And so, I mean, by comparing it to Zelda 1 and Dragon War, we're comparing it to, like, games that already existed as examples of what you could do. It's not like Kirby's Adventure, which was, like, the very last game.
8: Yeah, I'm not going to pretend like other games should be up to the Kirby Adventure standard. That's the best-looking NES game.
2: (laughs) But because it's a Zelda game and people are so invested in what they expect out of a Zelda game, it gets labeled as the black sheep of the Zelda fan,
3: and I'm sure all everybody else is going to talk about this. But I think it's hilarious that. And the way to heal yourself is to find a lady that will invite Link inside. And so, uh, I, what I, I want to know, you don't get, actually get to see what happens. I want to know what uh, she does to heal Link. Is she just like bandaging him? Does she give him a red potion? The implication is that he is getting laid, which, uh, good for Link. How old is he in this game? Uh, I guess it's he's probably six. I don't know. I'd have to look it up.
6: I forgot, Ari. Uh, this one um, very friendly lady just came up to me and said uh, please let me help you come inside alright so i gone inside of there and I-, I guess she restored his health
3: then you got those like land molas that come up and down or whatever um, I think that's what they're supposed to be in the desert and they're not too big of a problem either it's just it can be difficult to deal with the dust balls and them at the same time
4: hammer thrower I hate hammer throwers hammer throwers oh, yeah. get themselves off a cliff right now we have seen the uh, skull ball it skull, says skull cool.
8: ball but I think that that's the same as like from other Zelda games the, the um evil fairy n- yeah the anti fairy the louders look like mini ohms well they look
4: like Nausicaa they look like horseshoe crabs also
1: so I think I've spoken about the music a couple of times. It is so good, so so good. It's just beautiful. Like I know I'm using a ROM hack, which is pulled in the music from like the better version of the game. I don't know whether that's the Japanese or the English version, but you know whatever it is. But it is just fantastic. You know, you just you just wonder, don't you? Like how do like Nabu Uematsu for Final Fantasy and whoever does Zelda music, like how how did you get this quality of sound coming out of an NES? Man, just just amazing. Such such good work. Congra- you know
5: good on you composers good on you the music for the most part is really good especially the palace theme I, I like the palace theme a lot it's been stuck in my head for like three days uh, as far as other sound effects the sound effect for low de- or being at low HP is absolutely terrible like you always have the low heart chime in Zeldas but this one is just like it's just an extremely grating noise
7: uh, the music changes between the two between the overworld, the town, and the cave and it's all just kind of generic I, I know I recognize some of the tones from the future stuff but it's like so generic, so NES um, it just didn't really strike me as anything interesting
8: the tracks in the game are kind of bangers but on the other hand uh, they're just, they loop and loop and loop and drive you
4: crazy I think that the overworld music has too many um, little chimes to make it loop well. Do, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, the temple music is better. Um, yeah, the temple music is, like,
8: even though I didn't play Zelda 2 as a kid, because of Melee coming out when I was, yeah. like, 10, I was gonna say melee. then it was basically, like, Oh, I'm totally sold on this temple theme because I, you know, I know the updated version of it and you'll need to listen to it on the one level. Right.
4: Well, it's like it's like when you hear the orchestral version of a Nintendo track and they like it's they're composed well by skilled composers. The chip, the little audio chip just can't always do it. Um, but when you have the full orchestra, you can really hear the work that was put into those sorts of things.
2: And now, after praising it so much, I'm going to dunk on the music, which is probably the most middling part of the game. Uh, the overworld theme is adequate, you know, you're not going to sing that in the shower. You might sing the overworld theme from the original Zelda in the shower.
3: So once you're leveled up and you're ready to go out, you know, you learn about various stuff you've go through a, a nearby cave that's completely dark and this is bullshit i think they just wanted you to be happy when you got the, the candle in the first palace it's like oh look how useful this is you can actually see your enemies now but you have to like really be paying attention to see like the one slug type enemy in this cave because it's so dark and that kind of <laughs> sucked or whatever um, but even since there's only one it's not too bad to get through but then you get to the desert and <laughs> i thought it was really weird that the encounters here were um Fire dust balls that just go back and forth, (laughs) Um, but they're they're pretty easy to dodge usually, unless you just get unlucky and like caught between two. That would be like the main time I would take damage from the easier enemies, is if I somehow got unlucky and like two enemies would come at me at the same time. And once I figured out you can block these dust balls with your shield, it was no problem.
6: Oh, cool! And then the apparently, if you abscond with the old lady, you get free magic, so that's cool. Apparently everyone in Hyrule speaks in like, quick, vague, one sentence, uh, fortune cookie language.
8: Behind the scenes lore, that the reason the game is so hard is because they had the same game testers throughout development, and they got incredibly good at the game.
2: The town theme is... it definitely gets old. And I realized there was only so much you could stick on an NES cartridge, but would it have killed them to add like one or two extra tracks just to provide some variety? Alright,
6: so this one kid's probably the most helpful person I've run into. He says I need to go west to get to the palace, so I think I found the palace. Help! It's
7: it's just Zelda's house. Uh, So I finished the main, the first uh, cave, you go out into this desert area and you enter the dungeon, you enter the first temple. And the first temple is not very maze-like, and then you can go to the southeast here before you go to the palace to get a a
3: heart container. And I found like, I think the enemy here, I think it's called a gorilla. That was uh, (laughs) really tough. he, he kind of whooped my ass, but luckily I used the uh, the shield magic I think you already have at this
1: point and was
3: able to take him out eventually.
1: But yeah, if you um, if you do touch an enemy, you get into one of these side-scrolling fights. A bit like, you know, a side-scroller. <laughs> Ninja Gaiden. There we go. <laughs> took me a minute. <laughs> uh, and you just gotta, you know, hit things with your sword until they die. But sometimes it's not always that simple. Sometimes there's a fairy and then you can catch a fairy to restore your health. And other times there's these weird like fireball things that come at you which is like the absolute worst because they're really hard to avoid and you got to try and get to the end of this little level section and they're just battering you with firing balls and uh, and yeah you're not getting any fucking experience points for killing stuff so yeah they,
4: they suck uh, zero experience rat heads would be the most annoying thing and because of some of the mod Yeah, because of the mod yeah, no, the standard of
8: version of the rat head is that you just have to keep hitting it and if you don't have the uh it, you know, if you don't have the magic sword beams firing, then you have to time it perfect, and it's just, they come and kind of just, and just walk something. at you.
4: And... It's it's not good. Uh, it's it's poor design.
8: Yeah, I don't like any of those, like, early Nintendo, like, infinite spawning enemies. Like, I hate that.
2: The knights with the fancy sword routines, though. <laughs> um, I think you, you definitely run into them in the first palace. I don't know if you can run into them in the underworld. In the overworld. Uh, or in the cave. I think you can learn to discipline in the cave. They do telegraph their attacks just enough to learn them, if you've got good enough reflexes. If you've played enough NES, Super NES games, there's nothing in there that's going to make you swear like the Angry Video Gamer, let's put it that way.
1: As I mentioned, there are caves that you have to go through, so you have to travel through a cave first of all to get to the desert area, so you can find the first palace. And yeah, they kind of they kind of suck ass at this point because you haven't picked up the f***ing candle from the first f***ing palace to go into the f***ing cave. So all the caves are f***ing dark, and when caves are dark, you can't f***ing see the enemies. Fuck me. Oh, no, we also saw the the geldarm. Oh is, yeah, the sandworm. The
8: geldarm is the name of the worm.
4: Yeah, sand. Uh, Geldarms are okay. I think you, I think I didn't encounter them, but you encountered them.
8: Yeah, I think that you didn't know you could kill- I just-
4: I didn't try to go to that northern place. I went straight to the palace.
2: Since we're talking about Up to the First Temple, it's all pretty basic RPG stuff. Um, of course, uh, I think I last played Zelda 2 when I was, like, 11 or 12, and a relatively sheltered 11 or 12, so, uh, I did not read phrases like, please let me help you come inside the way that you all read it with your dirty minds. Um, Although well, maybe I should uh, break down and get the Nintendo Switch online subscription and uh, uh, play it. I, yeah, I really should. And then, then I'll have plenty of dirty jokes, I guess, in later episodes.
8: God, I, I hate these games where they're like these I ones would... are palaces. Right, I like when they're different. just like dungeon.
1: And then we enter the first palace woefully unprepared because i haven't been to the towns to pick up any of the magic that i should have got oh man (laughs) why did i go to that Ah! first town i could have slept with a hooker i could have slept with a hooker but i didn't i went to the palace
0: and then i went into the palace Yeah, the the palace was interesting. I, I I like the gameplay in the palaces where it's it's almost like Castlevania-like in terms of you know it's a side-scrolling action piece. Um, it's difficult though. Like I'm not used to dying in Zelda games very much, but I got three game overs in the process of going through this palace. Um, I died a lot.
6: Remember these guys? Oh ah! f- guys! Shit! No! don't. why are they so happy and bouncy and stabby? Oh hey these guys are cute. And
7: deadly, apparently. You, you have to go in and then go to the left to get your first key.
6: Wow, these ancient runes have an elevator. How convenient.
7: Then you head back to the right. Uh, you head back to the right, go to an elevator. And uh, what I always recommend doing is actually passing the elevator. Don't go to the elevator. Go down. Go past the elevator, first part. Then go to the next elevator, which is an up and a down. You go up go to the right you get the first key, right? And if you're good enough, you can actually continue past that. I actually died and had to redo that part of the dungeon at that point. So I was like, okay, I'll just get it back later. But if you're good enough, you can go past that to this little mini boss to get the second key up there.
0: I like the way the enemies were built up. Uh, The first uh, time you see one of those uh, skeleton enemies that's got a shield is pretty cool because you realize that, man, if I just stab this guy in the toes, Then I miss his shield, and I can stab him every time he gets close to me and push him back.
3: Uh, But then you get to the palace, and the palace wasn't too bad. uh, But the one thing is the the fucking dart nuts. Uh, It's ridiculous. Like, they're just so hard to beat. Um, I I think you're supposed to duck and jump and whatever to get them to shift their stance. And that way you can, can, like, hit the one spot that they're... Uh, hurt or whatever, but it was just so hard. I finally figured out the trick is to like sort of jump at them and then slash them in mid-air, their heads in mid-air because that causes them to drop their guard for some reason And you jump, but it was still like I would still get hit
1: like half the time So, the first palace is actually quite easy, so you know um, I looked it up on uh, Mike's RPG Center legendary site, legendary site, Uh, and yeah, it's fairly straightforward you basically, you've got sort of two levels there's like two forks as well so you have to go, you know, you descend down the elevator into the palace area. You have to fight off a few enemies, which, you know, this sort of section wasn't actually that hard. And then you had to go down and turn back on yourself, so left on the screen, in order to go and get the candle. And defending that candle was first of all one of these guys, it looks like one of the Hammer Bros from, like, Mario 3. He's just firing loads of hammers off. And that was oh ah! enough, man. You have to basically just get inside of where he's launching the hammers up, so, you know, then... You're tracked between him and the hammer's falling behind you. And then just as you get close enough, you just poke him in the face. Poke him in the face. Poke him in the face. You do it till you die. And it's just, you know, it's just, yeah, it's all about timing. Uh, at the beginning of so Oh, yeah, you temples, hit the statue. Or, yeah,
8: yeah, palace locations. You can hit the the uh, dark nut looking statue with your sword on its, like, visor part. And yeah. Then,
4: yeah. And then a and the little potion drops out. I, rem- I kind of remember that. I think I tried, but there isn't one in the first temple or something like that.
8: Yeah, I don't remember which locations have them. So, and, but then uh, some of them will drop a dark net as a trap.
6: Uh oh. Not the skeleton guys. Not skeleton dudes.
8: Error is the best NPC. Error
4: is the best NPC. The next best is all the wizards. They're all the same guy. They're the same? Well, I, well let's be sure that it's definitely the same guy. Where it's not just identical looking guys, no, no, it's no, one guy that lives in six houses. No, no, no. It is
8: different. Um, they are identical looking wizards who live in different houses and sure. they have uh, some of them have identical looking daughters.
4: Okay, but wouldn't it be like a better head canon for it to be one guy who just lives in six different places and just shows up a bunch of places?
8: And his daughter sometimes goes with him to the different locations?
4: I mean, they have a lot of vacation homes and she doesn't go on every trip with him, but they all, they're just always vacationing wherever you turn up. Good. I like that he's
7: like the cabbage salesman from oh, avatar what? last
6: year Vendor. apparently the select button like activates your magic but I don't know
7: how that works no. so you get those keys you come back to the first elevator you go down the elevator take a look so you go across this um, this bridge that's crumbling uh, you have to actually remember to hit the item on the bridge or it doesn't work you don't get the item it's like 50. Some so experienced to get that.
5: Oh, well, this isn't so bad. Ah! Down to one life already. The guys in the palace with the shields are awful. It feels like they were designed to be defeated by attacking low or high at the right time, so they move their shield up and down. But it feels like they just move their shield randomly and then stab you and then stab you with their penis daggers, which come directly to their crotch.
6: Kind of like the old Mortal Kombat games, this game rewards you for punching below the belt.
3: I probably died. Um, four or five times but luckily um it's not it's pretty forgiving other than if you get a game over it sends you back to the uh, the the start you don't really lose anything but you do get that cool like game over screen with <laughs> ganon <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh
6: found a fairy i needed that
2: yeah it's all pretty solid stuff i, I kind of like the dark cave effect that they have uh, before you get the lantern I remember uh, trying to navigate my way through it and sort of going by the couple of pixels that the Octoroks are one of those like, I don't know, crab or Goomba looking enemies that shoot little bullets. Uh, I remember going off of the little shadows that they cast and where the shots came from to try to jump over them or kill them and then jump to where they used to stand. I think I might have gotten through the cave in the dark once that way. Uh, It's one of those things that you do when you don't have a strategy guide there aren't a whole lot of guides on the internet and you're just trying to figure out this hard old school game and none of your buddies have played through that or you just haven't thought to ask them if You could try anything
0: this guy's like a hammer brother but uglier and then you meet a knight that has a shield that he lowers and raises and so it's like building on that skeleton you're like oh okay i have to aim opposite of where he's at. But again, if I if I have my shield up when he tries to stab me in the face and my shield's in my face, then I can block it. And if I crouch, I can block it when he tries to stab me with his sword that he stabs out of his crotch. Questions there. Um, so I like the way that that builds.
5: Game over. Return of game. If you're playing a lot at home, I would recommend baiting these guys into small hallways with, like, low ceilings. And then you, you jump, and as you bonk your head on the ceiling, you attack. So... You strike them in the top of the head, which seems to always work, always deal damage. And then as you land, you get out of the attack state immediately into like the move state so you can back up when they inevitably try and stab you with their penis daggers.
6: All oh, this bridge is
5: crumbled apart.
1: Uh, I think it was all that. Oh. Uh,
7: so you go through that little bit and then you enter this uh, this other room with the kind of the first boss you fall again. Uh, you dispatch him and then you fight the Almost, I want to say, one of the most hated enemies in the game. Almost as bad as Dark Knight.
6: God damn it! I stepped on one of those slime things and died. I'm telling you, this game is so petty.
5: Yeet! I feel like the game should have started you at sword level 2 because it just gets a lot less frustrating when the enemies die quicker. Come here.
6: Yes, I got the candle! I have
1: the power.
6: So I got to light the candle or is it just kind of come on automatically?
1: But then, after him, is an orange knight.
5: Almost immediately, I went back on my idea that I wouldn't draw maps because while the first palace wasn't really that confusing, but it was labyrinthine enough for me to realize like these future palaces are going to be just mazes.
7: Uh, this enemy is the, called the Dark Knight. Basically what it does is it's like this Dark soul style enemy that will vary up its attacks. Now one thing I learned after doing this multiple times is that you can pay attention to how it's moving and kind of anticipate what it's about to do. So you can see it draw its sword back. So if you're smart, you play your reflexes right, you do some jiving and jiving with this bad boy, you take him out. Uh, my strategy was to push him back get him to start lowering his shield because I'll attack low, I'll do a quick up-low attack, up-low, up-low, up-low to get a hit on him.
8: And then you restart at the starting location which, like, the game world's not like super huge or anything but it's, it's very tedious and demoralizing to have to walk back to wherever because especially because it can feel like you're losing so much to get to uh, location.
4: It's, it's an artificial time sink
1: Now I don't do you guys a disservice because you know I'm not like that. I'm going to open up the old uh, Mike's RPG Center, go to the uh, manual for Zelda 2, and I'm going to look it up. Okay, so yeah, yeah, okay, it hasn't got that enemy in here, which is great. The thing flying the the little hammers, the hammer bro thing, Uh, but it has got the Orange Knight. Apparently, he is called an Iron Knuckle, an Iron (laughs) Knuckle. Okay, I'm going to call him. So
6: I think the first time I actually played this one was um, when I downloaded it on the Wii. And I remember (laughs) after buying it on the Wii, I ended up, when I got a Wii U, I ended up rebuying all the same games. So I bought this game twice.
7: And then he would lower his shield to the bottom side. And before he could even start attacking low, I would just go to town on his head. Three hits, dead. Boom, bada bada.
4: So, in, in a Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest, they have these time sinks where you grind monsters and you fight low difficulty monsters over and over to get gold. That actually can be fun because you're getting something from it. Um, even though if it takes a while, you can be like. Like, Dragon Quest games are sort of designed around you play half an hour a day or whatever. So, you fight some monsters, you get some golden experience, and you've accomplished something. Big scare quotes. But when you die and go back and have to do the same thing again and you don't really get anything for having died and gone back like that that's just the worst
8: yeah there's no money, there's no building up potions and the EXP theoretically you're getting stuff but by the end of the game you should have, I mean under normal for a normal person to beat this game and not someone who's already amazing at it you are going to be max level and it's still going to be tough.
1: This guy is a complete f- nut. The f- nut killed me so many times. Oh, I can't even explain it. Like the first couple of times I went down there, I died, and then I lo- lost my continue. So I reloaded my save state from when I got to the front of the palace. Made it all the way down there. I didn't lose a single drop of health. I got back to the f- nut, and the f- nut f**ked me over again and again and again and again. Oh my god! It's oh, this was brutal. I couldn't imagine playing this on The NES without fucking save states or f***ing guides and things to tell me how the fucking I am. F***ing f***ing that f***ing. You know,
3: the other thing that got me really gave me really trouble in the palace was um, you find this fairy that she will heal you once while uh, in the palace unless you like leave and come back. And I wanted to be healed, and for the life of me, I could not figure out how to use her. I was like jumping at her and slashing her, and it just wouldn't work. <laughs> I thought it was stupid or, like, the game was glitched or something. But I think it turns out that um, you just have to, like, be under, at like, one health segment or lower, and then she'll heal you. But I was confused because the guide I was reading, I I did follow a guide. I just wanted to get through it. I'm not really a person who cares whether or not I'm using a guide, especially for these old-ass, you know, Nintendo hard games. But the guide I was reading said that basically you just have to... You can waste the fairy if you use it while you're full health or you've got a lot of health but that doesn't make sense because you literally can't use the fairy if you're at high health so don't know what that was about
6: and now of course i'm playing it on uh the nintendo switch uh, because their virtual console is awesome
7: go past that you get the candle bone candles got so the candle's useful for the lights the city the the lighting of caves so whatever
5: I thought the first palace had a good layout. The dead ends always had goodies in them. Like you could have keys or there was a fairy or uh, the the item of the dungeon, the candle.
4: Well, and remember that when you, if you die and get a game over, you lose any points that haven't been spent on a level up. So you have to get at least that many points before you die or it was
7: worthless. So you leave there, go back to the elevator, go up the elevator, go to the right. Go to the elevator you went to before to go up. Go past that. There's a ferry there. You want to hit the ferry. That's going to heal you full.
4: I like I like the elevator. I think that the elevator thing was kind of clever. I don't know how recently Metroid was compared to this, um, but the horizontal portions seemed too long a lot of the time.
5: And I thought the enemy placement was challenging without being overwhelming. I thought it threw them at you at a good pace. Except for, you know, I thought the penis dick guys just suck.
6: As cool as the virtual console is, it, it, there's part of me that's kind of annoyed that Nintendo is now making me pay monthly for games that I've bought like literally three or four times from them at this point.
3: And then this final hallway you go through in the dungeon is pretty uh, hard. There's like Staphos and a couple dartnets, I think. And those guys that like throw hammers at you, like the, the Hammer Bros and, and Mario Bros, <laughs> those aren't too bad.
8: I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I think this game is kind of a failure on a lot of levels. I don't think that this game does dungeons well either. Um, like, okay. it takes a while to get anywhere, there aren't that many
7: platforms. Then you go down the elevator and you go to the right, and you're gonna fight two dark nuts. You're going to fight a couple of these axe-throwing, like the first boss dudes that you fought. You're going to fight a couple of Stalfos. No big deal. Stalfos is a little hopping, little skeletons, easy defeat. Just crouch, knock them away, dead. The uh, There's a throwing, the first boss dude like throws like a Hammer Bros-style throw at him. Just get inside the arc. You got this. The, Stalfo- the The those are easy enemies. The only enemy that really was, is a challenge in here is the Dark Knights.
5: I did like the boss, but this might be because I ground a bunch of slimes into paste and my sword was leveled up a bunch of times. I, I thought it felt skill-based, punching him in the face, and it didn't, it didn't feel annoying or cheap at all. Jesus, man! He's supposed to jump and hit
1: it in the visor, and even that, he's fucking hard as shit! I was sitting there in a one-on-one battle with him. These guys were bloody hard enough in the original Legend of Zelda, you know? But at least you sort of had to, you know, wander around, try and stab him and stab him in the back. And that was kind of the idea there, because they had the shield. But this guy, you can't jump over him. You can't get behind him. You can't stab past his steel. And then he has an uptack. He has two attacks. He can attack up and down. And the down attack comes out of his f***ing dick. He starts stabbing you with yeah, his dick. As
2: with the overworld and the town quests up to this point. While there is some uptick in difficulty for sure, we're not really dealing with anything that, if you are good enough with an NES controller, you can't deal with. Uh, just find the pattern, or see McMaze's toast, you get the first Triforce piece, onto the next palace.
7: So you finish off the Dark Nuts, you go past this, you unlock all the doors, all that good jazz. Uh, and then you make it to the end of the first boss. And you, you, you see your boss, the boss standing there, and you're like, oh goodness, how am I going to deal with this?
0: But then when you get to the final boss, of the dungeon who's this horseman he doesn't follow those rules the final boss can hit you through your shield so that's unfortunate that like the training that the dungeon gave you doesn't actually apply to the final boss and the only way to hit the final boss is this tall horseman He's, he's a head taller than link you have to jump and hit him in the head while avoiding getting hit by him i died several times fighting this guy and unfortunately I'd usually died once or twice to the knights leading up to this so I got a game over I think twice on this guy and then the third time I fought him it was just a piece of cake. Easy peasy.
4: I'm coming to the realization of like why does Zelda 1 keep getting put out and why does Zelda 1 keep getting made. It's not like Zelda 2 is side scrolling and that's different and people don't like things that are different. It's like Zelda 2 is genuinely failing on
1: most every discussion point we've had so far. Oh my god! This this was this was brutal. This was more brutal than a <laughs> f***ing emboss. And then after I eventually finished him, I got the candle. There's another you <laughs> two of these <laughs> fuckers in the fucking <laughs> dungeon. <laughs> fucking hell, man. <laughs> <Look at> these f*** <laughs> nuts. <laughs> em.
7: It's em. easy. You jump and smack him in the face. Jump and smack him in the face. Jump and smack him in the face. He can't
1: hit you if you keep jumping and smacking him in the face. Oh, so once you've made your way through ah. in Palace and you've killed these twenty ah. nuts or whatever they are, and there's another couple of Hammer Bros on the way, you get keys. Oh, man, those ah. God, nuts ah. God. Anyway, you get to the end boss, and he's a giant horse. <laughs> giant horse? He's not a giant horse. He's he's he's, he's uh, yeah. He's a red guy. He's a horse with a horse's head, and he's holding uh, a mace. You know, one of those... Uh, you know. It's a stick, big ball loads of iron spikes on him and he just sort of like slowly walks towards you if you get too close he'll swing his uh, mace here. Uh again much ah! nuts you're supposed to jump and hit him in the face this was a lot easier because he had a bigger face so i assume the head the like hit detection box around his face is a lot better but yeah man unlike the ah! nuts who seem to have like a hit detection box the size of a ah! pubic hair uh, but yeah this boss wasn't so bad managed to kill him move on satisfyingly put my crystal in the hull and then was teleported out of the dungeon and then uh, out of the palace and then the palace falls to pieces in the desert and there I was left to wander on my adventures on my merry way
6: man that candle really makes uh, these um, these caverns a lot
0: easier really
6: makes a difference
0: I don't know if I just got the timing... I guess I just got the timing down, but suddenly it was super easy to beat this guy.
3: The boss did kill me once because I didn't figure out the trick, but really you just got to jump at him and slash his head and he, he wasn't too bad or whatever.
4: When you're when you're playing in Zelda 2, you're almost always encountering stuff in a blank corridor or, or maybe there's like a little bit of a ledge, but the, there isn't any environmental diversity really. So most fights feel the same throughout most of the game. Whereas in, in Zelda 1, there's always, like, different shapes of blocks and stuff. Rooms have different looks, and so it feels like different different fights, even if it's the same enemy.
7: Straight up! Just keep smacking him in the face. Hit him in the face a couple times. The one thing
3: that I was kind of upset about is I had read that you can if you, when you put the, the, the crystal orb in the altar at the palaces, apparently you get, like, a shit ton of EXP. It's like, more cost effective to actually, once you defeat the boss and have the palace item to leave and then come back when you're like only need like one more level to reach max level or whatever and I'd I'd read that you just jump over the altar on your way back out to do that but I didn't not when I got to the altar I didn't realize oh that's the altar so I like did put the crystal in and lose all that valuable experience but I'll just, you know, keep that in mind for the next palace
6: there he is I am Error.
5: (laughs) As far as any other thoughts I have on the game, uh, the game's reputation preceded itself so much that I was worried I would lose levels or something like that upon dying, but that doesn't happen, which is pretty good. Which brings me
1: to the end of the first part of Zelda 2. Although
5: it is kind of annoying how there are a few certain enemies which will hit you, and in addition to dealing damage, they also steal your experience points. Which, oh god, I'm so glad video games don't do that anymore because it's it's not fun. It's, it's you're just taking away my hard work and giving me nothing, and also damaging me.
7: Hit him in the face a couple times; he's dead.
5: We got a candle in this dungeon, so
0: on the way to the dungeon, you go through a cave and it's dark. Um, I think I went in here when I was playing before and ran away because I was like, clearly I'm not supposed to be here, but you just have to go through a dark cave with an enemy in it and deal with the fact that you can't see the enemy, which is interesting. But then you get a candle, which I'm sure is going to be useful for exploring more of the world later on, but it didn't do anything in this dungeon. I was kind of surprised by that. You know, most of the Zelda games I've played, you get an item partway through the dungeon that then allows you to complete the second half of the dungeon. And that just wasn't the case at all here. That candle was not useful in this dungeon at all, I think I think you could have either beaten the boss of this dungeon without getting the candle or I think you could have gotten the candle and left and never beaten the boss and you'd still be able to proceed, that's interesting
1: so yeah my overall thoughts on the beginning part of this game is command close those Help! Nuts. just come the, Help! the Help! nuts yeah that's it that's it you know this game isn't that bad it's just those fucking
3: nuts fuck i, I, I i'm not hating it so far i don't think it's like so hard that i can't do it but uh i have been warned that it gets harder which i would hope that it would be easier as you level but apparently not especially in the death valley area or death mountain or whatever it's called in this one and that is worrisome to me <laughs> but we'll see what happens i'm determined to stick this one through and add this notch to my Zelda belt, finally. It's a little embarrassing as, you know, a Zelda super fan, that uh, it didn't work out like that. Or that I haven't completed it, I mean. Uh,
5: I also got really annoyed. I walked into a cave I wasn't supposed to go in, and apparently it was a dark cave. Uh, even though I could see Link, and I could see all of the terrain around me, but I couldn't see enemies, which I found out by jumping over a pit, and then getting hit by, like, an invisible bat or something. And Falling into the pit and dying. So that fucking sucked. But now we have the candle, so I can never complain about that again. Because the candle lights up keys. Like
8: I love horsehead.
4: I died to horsehead so many times that I resorted. Look, I didn't even want to to die and reset and go back to the start of the room. I started using save states because I wanted to reset to Ooh. like partway through the fight. I found horsehead really, really hard. Really. I, I he just guess... kept hitting me. Well, because first of all, I didn't have the shield spell, so I would die. Like each hit would take off a box, and then I would be dead.
8: I consider horsehead to be about as difficult as a standard uh, iron now.
5: All right, that's about all I got. At first, I thought the game was terrible, and I was dreading getting deeper into it. But like halfway through the palace, I started getting the hang of things. The controls, like they're not they're not great, but it started to feel like. Link was moving as I intended him to. Um, and the leveling up and becoming more powerful is making things easier. So, right now, my opinion, definitely on an upward slope.
7: Otherwise, everything else is really generic. It's like the most bare-bone generic game from this time. Um, I'm almost certain that at that time when Legend of Zelda came out, I had already played, like when the Legend of Zelda 2 was was getting popular here in the States. I was a youngin, and my parents already had me playing Might & Magic at that point, so I was playing games that were far more complex than Legend of Zelda, and this is just a real simple... Um
5: I, I hate how slow the text moves. It moves at like two characters every second, and you can't advance it any faster by pressing a button, because if you hit a button, it just exits out of the dialogue, which sucks. Uh, it is. It, there is one okay thing about it. You can mash through the dialogue of the healer ladies and they still open their houses so you can walk in and get healed or get your magic up. By the way, what's up with those what's up with those ladies? What's going on with them? What are you what are you implying is happening behind those closed doors, Nintendo? Oh, one last thing I want to mention here.
0: There's a point inside the palace where there's a, a bridge that collapses under you as you run across it, which is very like pulse pounding the first time so you see like oh god oh god i gotta go gotta go um but then partway through the bridge there's a, uh, a experience points bag that you have to crouch down and hit with your sword and i totally missed getting it the first time through um but then the bridge responds and i was like all right if that money bag's gonna be here i'm gonna be ready for this time and i got it and i made it through the rest of the room and then i died in the next room and got a game over which resets your experience to zero so that was a waste stupid game.
3: anyway palace two next time yeah And one more thing I want to add is that um, our podcast, The RPG After Years, has done an episode on the Zelda timeline where I basically mansplain to my co-hosts what the Zelda timeline is and how it goes on in time. (laughs) Uh, I think it's a decent episode, especially if you're a Zelda fan yourself.
8: You'll want to get used to the kind of jump- at the enemy and strike at the right time while you're still in the air. Yeah, because, I was designed to do that. Because it, it's a little difficult, but that's one of the most effective strategies throughout the game because okay. you can hit the heads of many of the shielded enemies.
5: Yeah, I don't I don't think it's amazing by any stretch, but it seems it seems beatable. So that that's something.
3: Thank you, Bill, for putting this together. I think it's a, a good idea and a fun project, and I'm looking forward to continuing. Alright, Scott out.
4: Thank you, Bill, for calling us to do this
7: crazy thing.
5: Thanks, Bill. Thank you, listeners. See you all after Palace 2.
7: That's my thoughts. Thanks, Bill.
1: So next up guys, <laughs> No, right. I'm not going to swear anymore, <laughs> I'm over it, just. So <laughs> yeah, the game The game isn't that bad, it isn't that bad, you know, the, that one particular enemy I was uh, having some issues with, yes, but all in all, the game's actually pretty fun, you know, I was really enjoying it until I got into the palace, <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to the palace too. So yes, guys, everyone. Next, next, next section of Bill's JRPG adventures and other trappings, uh, the Zelda Two product, will be to make your way through to 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 the second palace, uh, and whatever adventures take you along that route. So um, I hope you have a lot of fun with the next section. I hope it's not as brutal. Um, and yeah, you know, if you are going to contribute audio to the cause, please have your next audio submissions in by the seventh of February. Uh, and that will be for the next episode. So again, thanks to everyone who's contributed to this episode. You've been absolute gents. Um, and remember, you know, when you need to save Hyrule, you know, check how old Zelda is, because uh, there's a young one and there's a really, really old one sleeping on the thing. So make sure you're uh, you're going for the the right princess. And I'll see you next time on the Zelda Two Project. Links assemble!
4: We don't say hookers, we say sex workers. Thank you.
8: And also, I don't think they are sex workers, because you don't pay them. They just, uh... Yeah, you
4: don't pay them because you don't have any money. They're just, uh... They're just down for Link. DFL. They're down for Link. And Link is down
8: to be with some old ladies, too.
4: Yeah.
1: Hi. This is Bill from Bill's JRPG Trappings and Other Adventures. What? No. Shit. Ah! Do (laughs)